and welcome to Pod Ventures in Odyssey. I'm Emily. And I'm Tatiana. Every week, we re-listen to an episode of Adventures in Odyssey, then sit down to recap and discuss. We are going in album order, and today we are in album six, episode three, Good Business. Wow, when you said album six, I didn't believe you for a second there. I was like, no way. You just gotta remember, we've done the first part of Blaggard. I know, yeah, it's true. So here we are, in Good Business. We start out with a great line from Chris, which is just, uh-oh. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, you know you're in for it when Chris starts it out that way. Although, I mean, of the things that Chris could say uh-oh for, this is like one of the milder cases. Someone's bored. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the world is ending. <laughs> it did feel that way sometimes as a kid, being bored. Terminal case of boredom, in fact. Terminal? Does Chris say terminal? Yeah. Oh, no, we have to... <laughs> We have to operate. Doctor, come here quickly. Doctor, quickly, the scalpel. <laughs> we need to remove this child's boredom. <laughs> I'm afraid it's terminal. She might lose the leg entirely. Oh, no. That's a big rim. Yeah, this is a whoa. <laughs> we, didn't t- we, we, we launched into it so quickly and then so quickly turned away from the path. <laughs> Anyway, her dad's home from work. Mm-hmm. Robin's sitting in a rocking chair. Mm-hmm. Is this our first Dale Jacobs? Is it? Um, I don't know. It might be. It, it might be. I mean, I know we've had this actor, I'm sure, before, but I'm not sure if we've heard Robin's dad before. All I know is that the Robin-Dale Jacobs relationship very much reminds me of Lucy Cunningham's relationship with her dad. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Um, The, like, playful dad who is like, oh, hey, child of mine. And the child is like, meh, I'm distracted. And he's like, I will be a little bit goofy with you trying to get you to interact with me. And Robin is just despondent. And her, her dad is, you know, doing the silly dad stuff. And Robin is just like, meh, nah, rocking slowly back and forth in the rocking chair. That was a fully thing that I noticed. Oh, neat. Yeah. I was like, what? what is that sound? And the more I listened, I'm like, oh, it's the sound that a rocking chair makes mm-hmm. as it goes. So that's, that's Robin being despondent. Mm-hmm. He he finally gets it out of her what she is sad about by being like, well, okay, if it's nothing, then I will go upstairs. And she's like, well. <laughs> and why is a young woman sad other than because of clothes? It's always the way of things with women in Odyssey. Yeah, they're sad about clothes. <laughs> I wanted the dress. I wanted the dress. I mean, well, I'm thinking back to when Robin was in uh, the camp episode and she was like very concerned about her clothes and her shoes. Mm-hmm. Especially that's something that she and Donna have in common, like established. Maybe it's just canon. them two. So yeah, it kind of is just them two. I feel like it's not a Lucy thing. Not so much. Not so much. So, well, it just so happens. I I was sort of being a a little bit humorous, (laughs) poking fun at. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with being sad about a dress. Robin is sad because there's a dress that she really, really wants. And her dad is like, well, you know, you have your budget. She's like, I already used up my allowance. Mm -hmm. Like, but this is a special dress. And he's like, you mean expensive, right? That too. (laughs) Yes. And she's like, oh, if you saw it, you would want one, dad. They have one in my size? (laughs) She's like, you know what I mean. But that's still a funny way to put it, though. You would want one. The dadliest dad joke in response. Mm -hmm. I love it. And uh, so I like how Dale takes this conversation, which isn't just like, well, that's too bad. What are you going to do about your feelings? He's like, well, what are you going to do about your situation? The power is within your own hands. Mm -hmm. The dress. You have the power to have the dress. And Robin does not really understand at first. He's like, well, you know, your allowance is not the only way to have the money. And she's like, do you mean work? (laughs) He gives the example that he worked a paper route as a kid. So like, you know, that's a great way to make money. Yeah. Robin, meanwhile, is thinking to herself, there must be a way to make money without having to work for it. That is the crux of this episode. (laughs) (laughs) What a thesis. And as we'll see, she's not wrong at all. (laughs) Like, she's wrong, but she's not wrong, but she's wrong. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Get-rich-quick schemes are all the rage. Yeah. So, we cut to Robin taking her dad's advice. She is on her paper route, being barked at by an angry dog. 
named Boxer. Boxer, who I think is a Great Dane? Yeah, quite possibly. I, yeah, that was confusing because Boxer is the name of a breed of dog. Yeah. But, um, so she's trying to reason with this dog who is unreasonable and then the owner comes out and calls the dog away. And uh, she and Robin have like a little chat and she's like, well, you know, Robin, um, you've been like delivering our paper for about a week and like it's 1130. <laughs> she she and she she says it very gently. She does. Like we're used to getting the paper here a little earlier. Mm-hmm. And Robin is like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll do better. I'll make an effort." Uh, what time are you used to getting your paper? Oh, 6 a.m. Robin is flabbergasted and the woman is like, "Well, didn't they tell you when you took the job?" And Robin is like, "I thought that they were hazing me." <laughs> <laughs> There's no way they meant it. And and then she she contemplates aloud to herself, being like, "Like why though would anybody get up to read the comics? It doesn't make sense." Oh, you'll understand one of these days. This is like the tiniest cul-de-sac uh-huh. of like the journey from childhood to adulthood and the various sleeping patterns that that entails. Uh huh. I feel like when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, I used to get up super early. Yeah. You as well? Yeah, same. I mean, that's like kind of a thing though, isn't it? Like with like babies and small children, it's like, oh my goodness, the parents are always like, oh, I can't sleep because my child is awake so early. I feel like as a kid, you just don't have a regular sleep cycle yet. Yeah, maybe. And also you go to bed earlier, perhaps? You you go to bed. I don't know about you, but we went to bed at eight. You went to bed at eight. I feel like, yeah, eight and then 8.30... Like, in, like, childhood, childhood, mm-hmm. quote-unquote. Like, before, like, the, mm, I don't know, I guess, like, 11, 12 is sort of, like, the yeah. beginning of the preteen era when things start to change and maybe your bedtime becomes 9 o'clock. And it's yeah. like, oh. And then finally in high school, it's 10 o'clock or if you have a major project, whenever you finish your homework. Whenever. Mm-hmm. But something happens to people when they become teenagers, which I, I've only read about it like a little bit, but like your brain really does like suddenly have a drive to stay up super late mm-hmm. and to sleep in later. Like your body clock shifts into the night. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I very much remember that. Like, But what I mostly remember is in college, the moment when that stopped being the case and this happens, like, to so many people in college where they're like, oh my gosh, I'm such a grandma, I'm going to bed at nine, nine o'clock. <laughs> and I definitely went through that. In college, yeah. I, I did not. But then again, maybe my body would have said something different if I wasn't overloading my semesters and working on homework until one in the morning every night. And your reward is two whole degrees. Two whole degrees. One whole degree more than most what? humans. <laughs> Was it worth it? Remains to be seen. (laughs) So much knowledge packed into one brain. (laughs) The power. (laughs) A trade-off, though. But I mean, just like, don't you remember, like, people in the dorms being like, wow, we're going to bed early. We're grandmas, you know? I do remember some people being like that. I feel like, though, this does not translate into, oh, I'm going to get up at 6 a.m., no, it does not at all. Because it's... I have never in my life wanted to get up at 6 a.m. even now. Nope. Yep. It's like, yeah, you, you you stop wanting so badly to stay up late and you stop really kind of being able to enjoy staying up late. Yeah. And uh, you, you, just, you just need more sleep, maybe? I think maybe. But teenagers also need more sleep. I feel like mm-hmm. teenagers are perpetually tired. Yeah. They just don't get to sleep as late into the morning as they would like to. Maybe if teenagers could sleep at like the times when they are most naturally mm-hmm. intended to sleep, then they wouldn't be tired all the time. They did like a an experiment at a school somewhere in the article that I was reading where they just shifted the school schedule forward like an hour or something and they found that like of all the teenagers like self-reported said that they used that extra time to sleep and they all did better in school. Wow. It's like wow, imagine. Imagine that. Imagine uh anyway. Um I will add to this though. They do say when you get like much older, mm-hmm. you need less sleep. Mm-hmm. And so, like, my grandparents get up very early in the morning, Mm -hmm. and that's just normal for them. They didn't always get up early. Mm -hmm. It's something that they've told me happened, like, later on in life. So I could assume that Mrs. Maddox is, like, an older woman. This is what, yeah, okay, to bring it back full circle to Odyssey, yes, this is what I was imagining, was being like, ugh, when you're a child, you do not understand what it's like to be at all of the other ages when your sleep schedule changes Mm -hmm. dramatically. 
Yeah. And how old is Robin? Like 13, 14? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So she's definitely in the teenage period of like needing to sleep in in the morning. And I'm sure that Mrs. Maddox remembers those days <laughs> and is like, yeah, it, you won't be like this forever, Robin. <laughs> this is a temporary state. Mm -hmm. Sleep tangent. <laughs> Worthwhile? I don't know. But it definitely was something that I thought about. No, me too. Mm -hmm. Cool. But Mrs. Maddox is like hearing Robin's external processing as she's like, I just want to make money without doing work. And mm -hmm. she's like, well, you know, if you don't want to get up early... My lawn needs mowing. Mm-hmm. And Robin is like, your lawn? Okay, but, like, that's also work. And she's like, I'll give you $10 an hour. $10? Yeah. <laughs> $10 an hour is a lot. That's a lot. That's more than some minimum wages in certain states these days. In this very day in and age. In this very day and age. More than 30 years after this episode was released. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> um... So, cut to Robin having mowed the lawn, and uh, she sounds, like, tired but happy, and is being congratulated on a job well done, Mrs. Maddox gets her lemonade, and asks if she'll do it again next week. And yeah, yeah, she'll yeah. do it again. Yeah. And then the neighbor, Mr. Benson, comes mm -hmm. up. He's like, hey, Robin, I see you mowing that lawn. Would you care to mow another lawn? It's like, how much is she paying you? Mm-hmm, ten an hour. He's like, well, my lawn's a little bit smaller. I'll, I'll pay you the same. Mm -hmm. And so Robin accepts and then gets home and is super excited because she just made 20 bucks in a day. That's pretty sizable when you're that age. Yeah, when you're that age, you worked two hours. Yeah, two hours of work for 20 bucks when you're 13. Man, at her age, I made about that much for like four hours of work organizing my art teacher's storage mm, space, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I was thrilled. What a blast. And you were doing this like two decades later. Yep. Basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Now, now, I mean, th this gets into things that are, like, later in the episode, but, like, different kinds of work are worth different wages, and I guess, like, mowing a whole lawn is, like, very physical labor. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's that component to it. Yeah. But we'll get into all of that we, towards the end. We will get to that later on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, yeah, Robin comes home just stoked, and her dad is happy for her, and because uh, she's like, oh, no, I gave up my paper route. I've got something better, and Dale is a little bit nervous, and she's like, I'm mowing lawns, and he's like, oh, that's good. He's like, okay, so this hasn't <laughs> gone off the rails yet. Yeah, relieved that his daughter is not, like, doing some kind of money-making scheme yet, like you said. <laughs> and uh, she's very excited to make flyers. And she's going to call it Robin's Rotors. And uh, Dale calls her his little financier. And she's like, no, I just want to make some money. Precious Robin. <laughs> Off she runs. And now we have one of the excellent Odyssey flourishes in this kind of storytelling. Uh -huh. Wherein we just get a snapshot of what it's like for the parent. Yeah. Now do I give her some cautious advice or do I watch and let her learn herself? I think I'll just watch this time. <laughs> just a peek behind the curtain for all the children out there. This is the kind of thing that parents do all the time. I mean, I'm assuming. I'm not a parent, but I'm sure. He, he's like, I've seen this sort of thing play out before. I know where this is going. Yeah, he knows his daughter. And so we have a phone montage, the first of several mm -hmm. in this episode. And uh, this phone montage, I, I would characterize it as going from very enthusiastic to tired. Very overwhelmed. Yeah, overwhelmed. She starts off, you know, like, hi, this is Robin. Yes, I'll come and do your lawn. Hi, it's Robin's Rotors. Thanks for calling. Da 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 da. And then by the end, it's just like, yes, I'm coming. Okay, fine. Yes, I'm answering the phone. Okay, I'm going to the lawn. And she's <laughs> just, yeah, she, she has lost her customer service <laughs> spirit. Yep, it's gone. <laughs> At the end of this montage, we have her dad coming to knock on her door as she's mm -hmm. lying on the bed groaning. Mm -hmm. She's basically, like, miserably overworked. She overbooked herself. She did. And uh, it's not framed that way. Like, the, the word overbooked and overworked doesn't come up. No. But, like, it's clearly way too much work for her because she's exhausted. She did five lawns in a day. You need to know how to turn away customers. Yeah, yeah. You need to know how to say, like, hi, thank you so much for calling. I will put you on my waiting list or something. Yeah. 
So, and Dale is telling her how proud he is of her for all the work she's been doing in this last, I guess, week or so, right? Mm -hmm. And significantly, though, not so much proud of her for making money, but proud of the way that she's been organized and has been, you know, basically following through on this project. Yeah. Responsible. Huge deal. But Robin falls asleep in the middle of this compliment, so. (laughs) (laughs) Who's to say if she heard any of it? (laughs) Good night, sweetheart. Uh, Our next scene, we come into Wit's End, and Robin, who has been dubbed Green Sleeves, (laughs) I think because of all the grass stains? Yeah, probably. She walks up to Jack and Oscar, who are presumably sitting at the bar enjoying some sodas. Mm -hmm. She's coming there to relax, and they are like, how's business? And she's like, I'm super, super busy and not all that happy about it. It's like, I don't have any energy to do anything at night, which, like, man, I know that feeling. Mm -hmm, It mm -hmm. is not fun when you have a day of work that leaves you spent for the entire evening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a bummer. And it's like, when you're self-employed, like, she's in the position of not needing to, like, pay actual living expenses. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't have to do this to herself. Nope. But she has not learned, like you said, to turn away customers. And, uh, but the boys are jealous. They're like, oh my gosh, we've been trying to find a way to earn extra money around town. Like, you're lucky that you have this job. They just don't have the same business sense that no. she does. Yeah, I guess Or been... administrative capabilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Robin leaps at this by going, hey guys, you want to <laughs> earn some money? They're like, sure, how much? She's like, oh, you can, you can mow lawns for me. I'll make all the calls. And how much per lawn, they ask? It's ten... Five dollars. Robin, you're lying. Oh, Robin. This is... Oh, what a moment in this episode. (laughs) Excellent. Put a pin in this. Put a pin in it. Robin Robin has finally found her money-making scheme. The guys are really excited to be making five dollars a lawn, though. They're like, oh, heck yes. Put a pin in that, too. Uh Uh-huh. We're going to talk about a lot of interesting business stuff at the end of this episode. Have many thoughts. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're basically, they're thrilled. They agree to be her employees. And so now we have phone montage number two, where Robin is purely happy and excited because she is making calls, taking calls, and just administrating like, yes, Jack can be at your house on this day. Yes, Oscar will come mow your lawn. Oh, yes, I know they do such wonderful work. (laughs) Just scheduling them out. Mm Mm-hmm. Which I've maybe small pin here mm-hmm. too that Robin is a good administrator. It seems mm-hmm. like she definitely has a gift here, mm-hmm. and so that's probably why, even though this is work, and I think for someone like me would feel like work, mm-hmm. for her it doesn't. Yeah, so that's a good like, point. I think when something feels like work versus when something doesn't feel like work, like put a pin in that as well. That notion, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Okay, so after this montage. Robin comes in to talk to her dad. She's like, hey, dad, look. Look, look. And her dad plays this game of, like, pretending not to know Uh what she wants him to look at. He's like, oh, nice hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, very funny, dad. But uh, she is wearing the beautiful dress that she had been coveting at the beginning of this episode. (laughs) It's like, I guess it's all right. Mm Mm-hmm. Just kidding. It's beautiful. And, uh... Weirdly, her mom had said that the color is too bright. That's like what Robin... I don't I don't know if there's anything to say about that. I feel like that's very much a mom thing, though, to be the one to, to be like... be more picky. To be more picky, to be the one who's like, I want my child to look good and have good taste mm-hmm. and like learn how to identify good quality in mm-hmm. their clothes. I kind of appreciate that she likes the dress and that Robin still likes the dress even though her mom's opinion differs. Yeah. There's something kind of nice about that. They have different tastes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had and- different tastes from my mom, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's neat that it, come to think of it, doesn't seem like it is, like, I don't know, a thing that affects Robin's own opinion. So mm-hmm. that seems like a healthy thing. It's kind of Yeah. And her dad mentions, like, wow, it's awesome you finally managed to buy that dress, so business must be going great, and yet I have seen you around a lot more often than before. He's like, oh, didn't I tell you? I have a couple of employees working for me. Hmm, I feel like this is for Dale the moment when the other shoe drops. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I see. And and Robin does explicitly say, see, Dad, I told you that I could find a way to make money without working. <laughs> She is still working. She is still working. 
I think we gotta say. Yeah, we, we will say that doing the admin is work. This is the pin that we will pick up at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, her dad has a big old um Robin. <laughs> Shouldn't we talk about this? I know, I gotta talk to my daughter about these highly unethical business practices. <laughs> um, but before they can have that conversation, there's a knock on the door. And who could it be? Oh, who could it be? It's the union. <laughs> They come to tell Robin that they have unionized, and uh, Jack's dad told him all about it, that the workers band together to protest these unfair conditions. I love that it's Jack's dad who is pro-union and has, like, all this important information about how unions work that he is clearly, like, Mm -hmm. given the boys something to, like, say. It's, yeah, it is very funny. I think a a lot of the things that they demand in their uh, contract negotiations are not reasonable things for children to demand of one another. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, it does make you imagine the conversation that Jack must have had with his dad, which is kind of sweet, too, because it implies that kind of relationship between them. I don't think we've met Jack's parents at this point. I don't know if we ever do. Yeah, same. But you can imagine Jack being like, man, I found out today that Robin has been making $5 on top of the $5 that she's paying us, and that doesn't seem fair. And then his dad being like, with flames in his eyes, like, my son, let me teach you about unions. (laughs) Jack also says it's to make sure we workers aren't ripped off by major corporations like you, and I'm pretty sure that's a line directly from his dad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, So so they have, they they want to negotiate their contract, and the the beginning of the negotiation is that they demand two weeks paid vacation. And sick days. Per year. And, uh, yeah, all these benefits, and it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, you guys are part-timers. Yeah. These are full-time benefits. Yes, these are full-time benefits. And also these are like, uh, you know, benefits that an actual corporation could offer you, not like your 13-year-old friend Uh who put up flyers. (laughs) It's cute. I mean, this is the part that's like clearly, clearly they got these ideas from elsewhere and it's not clear whether they even know what they're asking for when they want like medical dental benefits. They're asking for workers' comp. Yeah, they're asking for workers' comp. Oscar is the one reading the list of benefits, um, and it's very cute. He struggles through a few of the words. I thought it was great hearing him mm-hmm. read out yeah. loud yeah. with, like, very little trouble. He's yes. come so far. He has, yeah. There's a, a flashback to maybe the first Robin episode, or at least I one of the think, first ones. Yeah. Yeah, where she and Oscar were partners, and Robin learned through being frustrated with Oscar that Oscar is dyslexic, and he had a lot of trouble reading, and Mr. Whitaker is the one who figured it out and then was able to help Oscar and Oscar's parents get Oscar into, like, special teaching. Yeah. What is a special teaching called? Uh, Tutoring. (laughs) You know, special teaching. Into educational therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, into educational therapy. And so, yeah, it is neat that we have consistent characterization and also that it's like, you know, let Oscar read, even though he's not going to read it perfectly. Who cares? Oscar, you read the demands. You do it, Oscar. (laughs) And he does a great job. And I love that even though he makes a mistake, he's not self-conscious about it. I know. It's... It's so heartwarming. It is super heartwarming. It totally means that, like, these are the friends, like, Robin was the friend who, like, this was sort of a pain point in their relationship at first, and Mm -hmm. then she apologized for it, for, like, making fun of him or being mad at him for this thing outside of his control. Yeah, so it's neat. This is, like, yeah, this is, this is some good Odyssey consistency stuff happening right here. Uh Uh-huh. Blink and you miss it. But they, yeah, so, but the, the most important thing and the thing that is able to be addressed is Mm -hmm. that they demand an immediate pay increase. And Robin's like, wait, 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 I'm the boss. This is how they do it in the real world. A boss makes a lot of money while other people do the work. Yeah. I'm like, Robin, I I feel like you've definitely absorbed this idea from culture, like, you know, through osmosis. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, I think a lot of people would agree with her, but that's like, you know, not how it's supposed to work. Yeah. That's not what a boss is for. That's just, you know, the fallen nature of the world. Mm -hmm. A little bit that, and I think a little bit, oftentimes the boss is the person who takes the blame if something goes wrong. Right. So there is, I think, a sense of like, they put their necks out a little bit more Mm -hmm, than the mm -hmm. people working under them. They take on more risk. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Um, and that I think inherently comes with being in a decision-making role. Mm -hmm. So I think in that sense, it is fair to be paid for like that additional risk that you're taking on yourself. The risk, the responsibility. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, this is like in a best case scenario where a boss also like, you know, they, they are able to do what their team does. Maybe not like as quickly as the members of their team or as efficiently, but it's like they can still cover for any member of their team. Yeah, that's the other thing is you need to be able to fill in Mm -hmm. for your your direct Mm -hmm, reports. mm -hmm. Yeah. Or if the nature of your job is not such where that's the case, like at least I think you need to be like a servant leader and be like, I don't know, fighting in your employee's corner, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe we'll have more business thoughts at the end. Indeed. Um... And, and so, so Robin has been taking half of the money, though. And this is what the boys are taking issue with. They're like, okay, not half, though. And so negotiations begin. The, the lads want $9 an hour. And I think Robin goes for six. Yeah, she, she goes for six. And they, they whittle it down until they get to uh, the boys want seven seventy five, And Robin wants to give them seven fifty, And they will not budge over this. And so they go on strike. And Robin is like, what do you mean? And they're like, we're not going to work anymore. You take care of everything. You know, we're on strike now. And Robin yells after them, all right, well, see if I care. And she's like, what am I going to (laughs) do? Followed very rapidly by like, oh, no. (laughs) And that's our (laughs) mid-episode. What a fantastic episode this is. We come back to our third phone montage where Robin is scrambling. She's dropping uh, appointments. She is late to things. She is, you know, trying to mollify clients, apologizing. <laughs> I love that there's also a call where she's like, Jack, pick up the phone. I'll give you seven sixty an hour and not up anymore. <laughs> In the midst of all this. Yeah. She's like, I'm sorry, Mr. Flanagan. I'm having labor worker issues. Yeah, yeah. It was very funny. Like, the kind of thing that I imagine if you were a dude and you got a call from a child saying that they were having labor relations issues, you'd be like, oh, interesting. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that the montage ends with stress and many ringing phones and Robin not being able to keep up. And so she unplugs the phone line. Mm-hmm. And uh, now her dad comes to her in her darkest moment. <laughs> And tells her, like, I am sorry to say to you, but you cannot quit while you have commitments. Because Robin is ready now to dissolve her business. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think rightly her dad is making her follow through mm-hmm. on the commitments that she made. Mm-hmm. In spite of the fact that her employees went on strike. Yeah. And uh, he wants to know what she has learned from this experience. The trouble with money is that you have to work for it. Try again, Robin. <laughs> And then she uses a line she got from her mom, which is, the more I try to get out of work, the more work I end up having to do. Yes. I wrote down, uh, money-making schemes are bad. (laughs) But, um, I think it really, it's the money-making schemes end up causing more work for you, which, uh, in this instance is true. It Mm -hmm. isn't always true, but I feel like it's almost always true. Her dad has a really great follow-up lesson, though, or, like, an additional, which is, it feels kind of bad to get paid for doing nothing. We need to be fair in our work practices, Mm -hmm. like especially as Christians. It's a biblical value. It's a good lesson. Mm -hmm. It's affirmed in like a number of places in the Bible, but her dad brings out uh, 2 Thessalonians where it says like, if you don't work, then you shouldn't eat. Which is pretty extreme, but also- It is pretty extreme. It's, uh, I mean, the the principle in context is true. Yeah. Because he's not talking, Paul is is not talking about people who- can't work, mm-hmm. you know, for for any various reasons. Paul is talking about the people in the the people in Thessalonica who had like a cultural practice of just like I don't know, basically a gig economy is what it sounds like to me. Were they all just Uber drivers? They were all just a bunch of Greek Uber drivers, and Paul was like, "You, you can't. Thou shalt not Uber." <laughs> no, that's not what he said. Um, it, it was it was more complicated than that. I'm drawing on a like Bible project knowledge right, right now where they talked about how um, yeah I remember this pe- people would kind of do like odd jobs for the like ultra rich and oftentimes that work was like questionable. It was like you don't know if the person's gonna say like go grab me some eggs from the market or like you know go do this highly unethical thing for me and it's like uh, uh. go beat up my adversary yeah. or something yeah. <laughs> 
no, I don't know. Yeah, d- different cultural context, but yeah, the principle is still being like, don't just try to like do these get rich quick schemes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you are so able, you need to like, they're just trying to get out of work because you don't want to work. That's not a legit reason. Mm-hmm. Basically, basically, people who are like Robin, who just are like, man, I wish I could have money without doing anything for it. Haven't we all been there at some point in our lives? Oh, sure. Yeah, why not? But also, I think in America, there's also definitely uh, a strain of our culture that is pretty powerful that would, like, you know, like, revolt at that idea, you know? At the idea of taking anything for free. Yes. No handouts. No handouts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Handouts not allowed. Handouts not allowed. And it's like, it's like, wouldn't you, though? Wouldn't you like a handout? And some people, I think it's like, it's become like a matter of, like, pride. Mm-hmm. And, like, a moral matter as well. Like, it offends people's sense of... I guess that in a certain way, it's, like, offending their sense of justice, I feel. Yeah. But that is very complicated, and we can maybe get into it later. Mm-hmm. Maybe the discussion questions will bring this up or something. I looked at them earlier, and I don't remember if they do. <laughs> we'll find out together. <laughs> and then the mom had another nugget of wisdom, which the dad received after trying to get out of his chores. Mm-hmm. Which is, anything that is too good to be true probably is. Yeah. Sounds amazing. Be careful. And and Robin accepts all of this advice, as she is very quick to do, always. Mm-hmm. Good Robin character trait. She, though, then negotiates her allowance with her dad, which is pretty cute. And it ends with him being like, how about I just take away your allowance? Yeah, yeah, what if no allowance, Robin? And she's like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. No, no, please. Uh, and so, Robin confronts her union. <laughs> And she agrees to pay them. Mm-hmm, yeah, you win, boys. And they're like, oh, wow, so we get the seven seventy-five. And she's like, no, you get $10. The whole $10. And Oscar's like, but we didn't ask for $10. And Jack is like, shut up, Oscar. <laughs> That's great. Robin, say more. <laughs> and, and so she's like, yeah, you are the ones who have been doing the labor, and so you deserve the money, and I will, you know... I will, like, wrap up doing all of the, like, admin work, basically. She's like, like, all I did was take the phone calls. All I did was take the phone calls. Here at this point, I highly expected Jack to be like, well, you taking the phone calls, like, without you taking the phone calls, we wouldn't have had these jobs, so I think you deserve some of the money. But this is not where this episode goes. Where it goes is Jack being like, wow, thanks for all the money. You don't know anything about business, Robin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and she's like, ah, for once in your life, Jack, maybe you're right. And that's where the episode ends. The end. Chris gives us a proverb. Something about, like, riches got by cheating will decrease. Yeah, yeah. But workers who... This is the part where I was typing slower than she was talking. (laughs) And so I have workers who work by earning it will increase. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like that first half is definitely, um, like... I mean, that's, like, kind of the point of the episode, in Mm -hmm. a way. Although, Robin, um, okay, I'm already getting ahead of myself. Let's do discussion questions. Okay. Okay, question one. Robin wanted to make money without working for it. Is that wrong? Why or why not? Oh, okay. So we already a little bit started this conversation. Like, is that an okay thing to want? I think it's okay to accept money as a gift. Mm Mm-hmm. So that would be an example of taking money that you didn't work for. Yeah. Man, that kind of gets at the notion of, like, you know, how much are our wants? Like, is it sinful to desire certain things? I feel like in a way, though, like, it is not right to want it the way that Robin wanted it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay for everybody to be like, yeah, but I wish that I would win the lottery. It's like, yeah, you know, that's fine to wish. Maybe a little bit unwise. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it'd be nice and make life a little bit easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's like that kind of wishing where it's like, yes, I do wish that I didn't have to worry about like my financial situation. Mm-hmm. But then there's like, hmm, labor is a good thing. Yeah. Labor exists before the fall. Mm-hmm. Like Adam was called to tend the garden, which is labor. What we don't like is toil. Right. Which is after the fall, where it's like, suddenly labor is hard. Mowing lawns is toil. Yeah, mowing lawns is toil. Getting up at 6 a.m. is toil. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And all of these things, they're a mixed blessing now. Whereas it used to be like a true blessing, now it's a mixed blessing. Mm -hmm. This kind of gets at what you were pointing out, like how Robin seemed to be doing very well at the admin side of the job. And she seemed to really be enjoying herself Mm -hmm. doing that too. So... 
I think the problem is that she hasn't found the kind of work that is fulfilling for her, mm -hmm. the kind of work that she was designed to do. Right. And I mean, the admin side of the work was not always fulfilling and wonderful for her. Sometimes mm -hmm. it was overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. And it's not always going to be 100% roses all the time, even if you're doing something you love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a very good point. But yes, this speaks to... Yeah, I think, yes, I think it is okay to want to... <laughs> I think in one sense it is okay to want to uh, make money without having to do work. But in the other sense, it's like not okay to devalue work. Yes, exactly. Yeah, maybe we summarize that in an okay way. Yeah. I think the thing that people really don't like is toil. Yeah, yeah. Is what it comes down to. Right, right. And I was trying to make some kind of distinction between like, well, it's, you know, we might want to like eat all the ice cream, but does that make me like a bad person? No, I think what, you know, it, it's more about our actions, mm -hmm. right? It's what you do with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just touching back on this notion that like, I think like there is a strain of like American culture that like, would say like, no, it's not even okay to want to have a leisurely lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we want to pursue that thread right now or not. Should we come back to it? Let's, let's come back to it because okay. I think it'll tie into our own thoughts, if mm -hmm. not these mm -hmm. discussion questions. Mm -hmm. Question number two. Do you think Robin paid Jack and Oscar fairly at first? Explain. Oh, no, no. No. I mean, for for nothing, if not the most major reason, which is she was not honest with them mm -hmm. about the nature of the business. Yeah. Like, she didn't give them a chance to negotiate. She basically just told them, here's what you could be making. And they're like, wow, that's awesome. Yeah, she came at it dishonestly. And mm -hmm. I think any business built on dishonesty is doomed to failure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, that is, like, kind of one of the lessons that her dad was telling her. Or that Robin... I think that's more or less the lesson that Robin's mom told her, right? Mm-hmm. There, so picking up a little bit of a pin there is, like... The notion of um, employees, like, sharing wage information among themselves. Uh-huh. It's interesting, because I feel like it's very taboo in mm -hmm. our culture. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it is in the rest of the world, mm -hmm. but very much so in American culture. Like, you don't discuss your wages with other employees. I think part of this might have to do with regional differences, mm -hmm. especially if you're either a national or international company. Mm. Is like, the amount that someone makes in one location might reflect more of like the living expenses right, of being of there yep, yeah for sure than the value of their labor mm -hmm. makes perfect sense the thing about it is that like you get greater negotiating power like as employees if you kind of like not necessarily unionize within your company <laughs> but like if you do share your wage information you know because then you can come to the company and be like hey i'm making this much and they're making that much tell me why you know, and that's an extremely uncomfortable conversation to have with your boss. But there are laws against silencing people about this. Mm -hmm. And yet culturally, we kind of silence ourselves. Yeah. And I think part of that is, like you said, it's taboo. And I feel like part of why it's taboo, though, is because people don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I make X number of dollars per hour. And then the other person be like, oh, really? I make a lot more than you. And it's like, ooh, now I'm embarrassed. <laughs> It's like, on the one hand, either you feel guilty for making more than your coworkers, mm -hmm. or you feel embarrassed for making less. Yep. It adds a weird sort of power dynamic mm -hmm. into the mm -hmm. equation that I yeah. think most people don't want to have to deal with. Yes. And I feel like the reason why it's there, like, so strongly in American culture is it gets back to that, like, there is almost some kind of moral component in, like, the American narrative is that the harder you work, the better you do. Mm -hmm. And so there is like, we, we sort of attach that narrative to like, okay, so if you make more money, then you are working harder and hard work is like a major cultural value. So it, I mean, like built into this notion of the harder you work, the better you do is the notion that, okay, therefore people who are doing better are better people. So mm -hmm. if you are making less money than somebody, then you are like inferior to them in the eyes of our culture. It's that hustle culture. It's that hustle culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is interesting. And I feel like that's like part of why the um like it gets attached to like a morality sort of dimension. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, okay, if that's true, then, you know, you're kind of morally obligated to work harder, right? Uh-huh. To provide for your family and to provide for your community, you know? But then it's like, where do you draw the boundary lines? And I think this is why we have an issue of overwork, where people mm -hmm. will just keep working even right. after their hours have ended for the week. Mm -hmm. 
like way too much overtime. Right. Well, it's because all of this is built on the false assumption that the harder you work, the better you do. Which is (laughs) not true. Rest is an important component. Yeah, rest is an important component. And you got to account for the fact that sometimes like your building burns down or something, you know? It's like, it doesn't matter how hard you work to make something if like an outside force destroys it. Mm -hmm. That's just something that can happen to you. And then suddenly it's like, okay, well, I put all of my assets into this thing that is now gone. And that's not because of anything that I did. It was out of my control. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you do your best research and you invest really heavily and you try to open up a business that you think will do really well. And then all of a sudden a new product comes comes out that puts you out of business and you had no way of knowing that that would happen to you. You know, you did your due diligence and yet it didn't pan out. And like all of these things happen to people and it doesn't make you a better or a worse person, but it's still that cultural myth that we have. That, oh, it didn't work out because you didn't work hard enough. Right, exactly. And I think even though people in that situation would still say like, oh, I see what happened to you. You know, like if people knew your story, Mm -hmm. they would understand it. But people looking, like people who don't take the time to really know you are like, oh, you're a failed business person. That comes with, that's like a big stigma. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like it is different in other cultures. And I think it is because, like we said, America values work so highly. We have this huge pull yourself up by your bootstraps Mm -hmm, thing mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. like the rags to riches myth Mm -hmm. is like embedded in our culture. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's contributed to this a lot. For sure. Like, I don't know if this is too far of like like an interesting tangent on this, Uh but I was learning about this when I lived in Australia. It is a theory that because America, like the actual geography of the continent our American optimism and our whole like pull yourself up by your bootstraps, hard work will get you ahead, all of that stuff. It kind of comes down to geography, like the land here on this continent responds to what humans do to it. So that whole ethos kind of exists because the continent itself was so incredibly fertile that like if you planted, it would grow. And so it, it sort of confirms this whole notion that your hard work will make a difference. That, that's, that's the real American thesis. And I think that that is true for the most part. It's just also true that sometimes your hard work gets obliterated by something outside your control. <laughs> and contrast that with Australia, where the land is incredibly harsh and you can plant and you can work your entire life and have hardly anything to show for it, you know, to to use extremes. And it's just interesting comparing because we're so very similar in other ways. We're like, you know, British colonies. the non-native cultures. Mm -hmm. So that's just a little bit of background on that. Like that's where my mind goes when we talk about uh, the American work ethic. Mm -hmm. Certainly wasn't aware of it until I studied abroad. Have we over answered this question? Possibly, but I think it was good. Okay, cool. Shall we go on to question three? Yes, please. What does Jesus say about the love of money? Is Jesus the one who says that? That was my question as well. Uh, So looked this up Mm -hmm. because... Couldn't remember one that was from Jesus. Could only think of the Paul Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got confused. Who said what? Love of money is the root of all evils. That's Mm -hmm. from Timothy. Mm -hmm. Um, But from Matthew 6.24, we have, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Notably, he doesn't say you can't have God and money. He says you can't serve God and money. It's a Mm -hmm. different thing, different thing. It's very different. There's going to be a really great Odyssey episode, like, in the, like, 40s of albums or something (laughs) about this. A long way off. I think it's, like, a long way off where the kids suddenly realize that Mr. Whitaker is rich. (laughs) Maybe it's, maybe it's not as far away as I think, but. Like, yeah, Wit has, Wit has a lot of wealth. He just, he lives very simply. Mm Mm-hmm. And he uses his wealth for the kingdom. Yeah. For the Lord. Lots of charity. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he also says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Mm-hmm. Spicy. Yeah. Jesus has those things to say Jesus about money. Jesus full of spicy hot takes. <laughs> Should we get to our spicy hot takes uh, then? Yeah. Is that a good segue? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. That's the end of discussion questions. That's the last one. Yeah. All right. Uh, take us to the pins that we left pinned. I think I unpinned one of them, maybe. Which one did you unpin? It was... I I can't recall, so let's just go through it. So one of the pins we had was about the pay divide. Mm -hmm. Five and five versus ten and zero. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, where uh, the original demands of the labor union were nine and one. 
And I think I mentioned also that like I expected when Robin offered them 10 and zero that they would come back and say, well, you do deserve something because we wouldn't have had this job without you. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the thing that I wrote down that you have hinted at or mentioned also is like, okay, so admin is not work is what I learned from this episode. <laughs> Creating flyers and posting them around town and taking phone calls and scheduling out time slots mm-hmm. and handling the money and like distribution of wages like all of that is not work according to this episode yes which is a a sticky weird message to give to kids i think we've talked before about emotional labor back in i think album one one ish yeah 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 it was connie comes to town that's Mm -hmm. album one yeah so what to say about it then i think that just because Robin is good at answering phones mm-hmm. and coordinating with people and creating schedules and being organized and responsible in this way does not mean that those things are not work. Right. And I think she does deserve to get paid for that work because clearly the boys are not good at this, and this is why they've had trouble finding work. Yeah, this is why it was actually a really great thing that they met and talked about. It's just that Robin kind of cheated them, Mm -hmm. which was not okay at all. If this was to be a business arrangement moving forward, I would think that they should renegotiate. I think it would also be fair for Robin to take on some of the mowing herself. Yeah, yeah. That would probably be more fair. But you were saying before we recorded that, like... Robin probably deserves two dollars, not just one. Yeah, I was saying was I was saying like, okay, so is what Robin does worth ten percent of the job, or is it worth like twenty percent of the job? Because that's the difference between one dollar versus two dollars. Mm-hmm. I think the answer is like somewhere in there. I think it's twenty percent, mainly because like the work of coordinating schedules is actually pretty difficult to do. It's pretty involved. Yeah, it's very involved. And um, the boys do deserve the larger sum because they're putting Mm -hmm. in manual labor. Right. And that they're putting in the majority of the time. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, admin, like, all those phone calls, that definitely does take up time, but, like, proportionately not as much as, like, the actual hour of doing the lawn. Mm -hmm. I think we were also thinking about, like, maybe they should renegotiate how much each lawn is worth Mm -hmm. and, like... Maybe divide the wages a little less linearly, is yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they should do it by, like, percentage, maybe. Is that what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they should charge clients different rates. Based on the size of their lawns? Yeah, because Robin mentioned she had to do a lawn with a big old hill, and it's like, well, maybe you gotta charge for the hill. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they should establish different rates depending on, mm-hmm. like, what features there are in the lawn, mm-hmm. like... Is it a small yard? Is it just a front yard? It's like a little square Mm -hmm, patch mm -hmm. of land. Is it like an acre? Mm -hmm. Maybe charge by like dimensions. Mm -hmm. People maybe don't know the dimensions of their lawn. But Robin could come take a look at their yard and give them a quote. Yeah. I mean, if I was an adult with a lawn and a 13 year old looked at my lawn and was like, this is a $12 yard, I would be like, you got it. I would be delighted to pay her whatever she thought was fair. (laughs) Size and shape Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. topography. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So here's an interesting thread to follow, though, that occurred to me at the end of this episode, because I don't know if Robin's Rotors is going to continue Mm -hmm. in business. And so I think maybe under those circumstances, it actually is fair for Robin to offer them the whole $10 because she has been cheating them out of wages. She owes them back pay. You're right. And they did not, but the problem is like, they didn't frame it that way. They just framed it as her being like, you guys are right. You were doing all the work and I was doing nothing, which is not true. However, she, she owes them retro. She does owe them retro pay. I think maybe what she should have done is tallied up all the lawns that they mowed individually Mm -hmm. and then account for that $4 that she owes Mm -hmm. them on each lawn. Take that out of what she still has, Mm -hmm. pay them as much as she can, and then take it out of her future wages until it's paid back to them. Restorative justice. (laughs) This is interesting to think about because, like, imagine what if Robin has to, like, return her dress to the store in order to pay them. Should she do that? I think the answer is yes. Yeah, probably so. She doesn't need that dress. No, she does not. Or, I mean, you know, it's up to her, though. She could sell something else that she owns if she would rather have the dress. But it is very interesting to think about, is it not? (laughs) 
Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think it is an important thing to like acknowledge that she has cheated them out of wages that were rightfully theirs mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then take steps to rectify that. Right. Well, in that sense, it's a good end to the episode. I just wish that they would have framed it that way. Mm -hmm. Instead of basically saying, yeah, admin isn't work. These are the kinds of things that happen when you churn out episodes every week, though. I mean, the writers are, like, pumping out content. Mm -hmm. So you can't nail every single little nuanced concept that you're throwing at these children. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, children are good at understanding nuance to a degree, mm -hmm. but, like, there's no telling mm -hmm. how much of it they are absorbing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true, too. We've talked about the role of the Holy Spirit in that, like, there are some Odyssey episodes where, like, re-listening as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's not the lesson that I learned. Mm -hmm. Like, the lesson that they were clearly trying to teach, whereas instead I learned, like, a, a better lesson that was, you know, being taught simultaneously. So, yeah. I think the important lesson that was taught here is that you should you should pay your workers fair wages and don't undervalue work. Mm -hmm. Don't undervalue other people's work. Don't undervalue work itself. Because mm -hmm. Robin did not want to work. And I think she needs to make peace with the fact that you just have to do things that are not fun for you. Mm -hmm. It's part of life. Yeah, it's a mature thing to be able to accept. Did we do it? I think so. I can't remember. Is there more to say? I mean, I think we addressed the two pins that we had. If you think we did it, send us an email, please, at podventuresandodyssey at gmail.com. Or you can post a thread on our Reddit, r slash podventuresandodyssey. Start a discussion about um, your unethical business practices from when you were a child. I had some lemonade stands. I remember the age at which I realized that, like, the cost of the sugar and stuff like didn't didn't make me a lot of money like you know that, that the cost of materials was, yeah the cost was... of materials was not like a, a good uh, business model actually i mean this is the truth for every handmade crafter mm. out there true 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah. S send us any stories that you feel are relevant or irrelevant. We accept those as well. And uh, next week, we will be covering the episode entitled Heat Wave. So be excited. Please join us for that. I haven't heard that one yet. I know. For shenanigans type reasons that we discussed in our uh, interim bonus episode, our album art review for album five. Mm -hmm. If you want to know the story there, go check out that episode. Thanks for joining us on today's Podventure and Odyssey and hope to hear from you. Hear from you? <laughs> hope you will hear from us when you listen next time. Smooth outro. Catch you later, cat spas. But um, I think it really it's the money-making schemes end up causing more work for you, which uh, in this instance is true. It mm -hmm. isn't always true, but I feel like it's almost always true. Very rarely is it not true. Yeah, unless like, Robin, do you want to become a con artist? Because <laughs> um, Richard Maxwell. Yeah, Richard Maxwell will train you. <laughs> Take on an apprentice. Um, no, that, that is not where my thought was going with this.